And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Monday the 27th of November. I'm Tim Spears and on today's show... Manchester United chase down the top five. Biggest victory all season. Probably their best performance of the season from minute one to minute 19. What happened in the Derby d'Italia? The strike partnerships of these two top-of-the-table sides combining in the biggest game. And we pay tribute to Terry Venables. Terry Venables was one of English football's great characters. And it's arguable he did more to evolve England's style of play than any manager before. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Tim Spears. It was an exciting weekend of football across Europe and we start with the Premier League. Arsenal were the big winners as they returned to the top of the table thanks to a late winner at Brentford. Saka, that's a better ball in. Kai Havertz. Well, he needed a moment to kickstart his Arsenal career and the moment that he conjures up takes them top of the Premier League. Kai Havertz's header in the 89th minute meant Mikel Arteta's 200th game in charge of the Gunners ended in victory. And you can hear more about the rejuvenation of Havertz in the Athletic Football Podcast, which is out later today. Arsenal went top because Manchester City dropped points at home to Liverpool. Erling Haaland had put Pep Guardiola's team in front with his 50th Premier League goal in just his 48th appearance. But Trent Alexander-Arnold's equaliser salvaged a point for the Reds, who are in third place behind City. Alexander-Arnold has pinned one in for Liverpool! Spurs had the chance to go third on Sunday, but instead they suffered a third defeat in a row, losing 2-1 to Aston Villa, who are now ahead of Spurs in fourth. All three Spurs defeats have involved them taking the lead before then conceding at least twice, with Ange Postacoglu's team suffering from a crippling list of injuries and suspensions. Here's Spurs writer Charlie Eccleshare's verdict. A tough game to analyse in lots of ways that I think Spurs did okay. Played some really good stuff in the first half. I think what happened was they put so much into it, they really had to go into half-time ahead. Because uh, it, it felt a bit like a boxing match where they were taking some big punches and Villa were kind of rocking, but they, they really needed sort of to knock them out to continue that analogy, and they didn't really do that. And then obviously from the set piece, Villa equalised just before half time, that kind of changes the mood, and then they're able to pinch another one in the second half. Really good finish from Ollie Watkins. Um, you know, and Spurs kept going. We know they are missing a lot of personnel, had some chances, but a huge win for Villa. You know, that is absolutely massive for either team. A win today was going to take them right back up there to the top. Uh, for Spurs, three defeats in a row and they go to City next. But you know, I, I think they can take some positives from it. Some really good displays from De Celso, Kulisevsky and Porro I thought were all really good. But it is another defeat. And uh, yeah, they've just got to keep on going with all these absentees. 
Man United are sixth after a convincing 3-0 victory at Everton, who were playing their first match since the league imposed a 10-point deduction. There were vociferous anti-Premier League protests before and during the game, with fans loudly booing the Premier League anthem and holding up pink flyers with the word corrupt written on them. Once the action started, it was United who dominated with Alejandro Garnacho's stupendous overhead kick opening the scoring for the Reds. Gallo joining in from fullback. Gallo for Garnacho! Oh, wow! Manchester United writer Carl Anker was at Goodison for the Athletic. Can you describe this atmosphere for us, Carl? Sounded like quite something. I've never heard noise like that in a Premier League game before. Everton fans handed out 40,000 posters that read uh, corruption on the front with the Premier League logo. They booed the Premier League signage before the game. They also booed the Premier League anthem. In the 10th minute, Everton fans waved their posters uh, and said, Premier League corruptors, F word. All while Andre and Anna sort of put his foot on the ball and hope for things to calm down. As a bunch of fireworks went off outside, there was also protests outside and the most blue furs I've ever seen unleashed in the city of Liverpool. And a large fan zone as well. This is a the most United I've ever seen, the Everton fan base. And United somehow, in this great run of form, only six points off the top now. Do you get a sense that they're sort of really on the right track with the form they've been showing recently? Yeah, that's their f- biggest victory all season. That's their first time they won a Premier League game this season by more than a single goal. Probably their best performance of the season from minute one to minute 19. Key to that was, one, Kobe Maynou got his Premier League debut, the 18-year-old midfielder. And also really important, Luke Shaw, just just really good in terms of ball progression. Competent performance from Manchester United. I'm not going to call it a comfortable one because it's very hard to be comfortable when there's 30, 40 or 1,000 people screaming corruption, corruption, corruption at every single decision going on. Uh, also word to Anthony Martial who scored his ninth goal against Everton on Sunday. Uh, that's three more than he's got against any other opposition. Martial can't sprint anymore because of a hip injury sustained in 2021 but he did an admirable about the horse-like impression as the number nine sort of collecting long balls laying them off to other people uh, and then things just kept ticking over. Elsewhere in the league this weekend, Newcastle hammered Chelsea 4-1 and Luton climbed out of the relegation zone with a 2-1 victory over Crystal Palace. Fulham v Wolves is a Monday match for you later. That's on at 8pm on Sky or at 3pm Eastern Time in the States on USA Network. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. Over in La Liga, Barcelona slipped down to fourth place as their poor form continued with a one-all draw at home to Rayo Vallecano. Real Madrid won 3-0 at Cadiz to go top, thanks to Jude Bellingham, who scored his 11th goal in 12 appearances. They can't get it off him. He's given it to Bellingham, and Bellingham has scored! His 11th league goal of the season, his 14th in all competitions. He just goes on and on and on. Hirona will return to the top of the table if they beat Athletic Bilbao tonight, which is on 8pm on Viaplay in the UK or 3pm on ESPN Plus in the States. The biggest game of the weekend in Europe was in Serie A, where the top two Italy Juventus met in the Derby d'Italia. It finished one apiece. Here's James Horncastle to fill us in. The Derby d'Italia, Italy's bitterest rivalry, ended in a 1-1 draw. Juventus were impressive, particularly in the first 20 minutes. They pressed higher than many people expected. They got themselves in front. Dusan Vlajevic ending a long goal drought as well. I think this was one of the themes of the game. The strike partnerships of these two top-of-the-table sides combining in the biggest game. So Chiesa was the one to set up Flyovic and then Inter hit back with a fantastic move 
down their right hand side. Very direct, Marcus Turam crossing for his strike partner, Lautaro Martinez. What we get is the two teams at the top staying exactly where they were, but as much as this was maybe a bad game, it was actually, I think, good for the title race. And finally, the football world lost one of its most colourful, charismatic and innovative managers yesterday when Terry Venables passed away at the age of 80. Venables managed Spurs, Barcelona, Crystal Palace and, of course, England during a hugely successful managerial career. He won the FA Cup with Spurs, La Liga with Barca and second division titles with Palace and QPR, having previously played more than 500 times as a player for Chelsea, Spurs and QPR, amongst others, also winning two England caps. Here to sum up his contribution to the game, particularly during his stint as England manager at Euro 96, is our football writer, Michael Cox. Terry Venables was one of English football's great characters. He was something of a contradiction, an old school geezer from London's East End, but a very progressive football coach who took Barcelona to the league title and the European Cup final in the mid-1980s. In England, he's most remembered for his time as national team coach, where he made a lot of progress, moving England forward from the long ball football played by his predecessor Graham Taylor, which resulted in England failing to qualify for World Cup 1994. Venables wanted positive football. He gave debuts to wingers like Darren Anderson and Steve McManaman, young defenders like Gareth Southgate and Gary Neville, and he loved the likes of Paul Gascoigne and Jamie Redknapp, technical talents in midfield. He also had great faith in Alan Shearer, who went 13 games without a goal for England leading up to Euro 96, but then scored 5-5 five five at the tournament itself. England didn't win Euro 96, they lost on penalties in the semi-finals against Germany. But there were spells of great football, there was a second half of the 2-0 win over Scotland, and most of all there was a brilliant 4-1 win over the Netherlands in the final group game. The Dutch had been Venable's footballing inspiration as a coach. He played a 4-3-3 system to surprise them. It worked perfectly. There were two goals for Alan Shearer, two goals for Teddy Sheringham. It was a true footballing exhibition. It was impossible to imagine England playing that way before he took charge. And it's arguable he did more to evolve England's style of play than any manager before or since. Right, that's all for today's briefing. Thanks for listening. I've been Tim Spears. Your producer was Mike Zimmerman and executive producer was Ian McIntosh. Michael Bailey will be with you tomorrow. In the meantime, have a great start to your week. The Athletic. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.